You know what I've noticed? Like, when I was like a teenager, it was like, what were you doing? If, if like someone invited us over, it was like, all right, well, what are we going to do there? And if it wasn't like a very particular, like cool thing, then I'd be like, nah, I don't want to go. <laughs> but uh, like, as you like become an adult, you just like make up the most random stuff like you don't even care about like what it is you're going to do once you get there it's just like come over and be there right <laughs> it's like go ahead well oh, i was just gonna be like it's it's like board games right like when you're when you're a teenager you're like no i don't want to play no stupid exactly board that's game. what i was gonna say <laughs> i can be like your friend calls you hey you want to come over and play monopoly no, dude, that sounds boring as crap. Why don't we play Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's, hey, dude, want to come over and play Monopoly? Yeah, I've been playing Xbox all day. I'd love to play Monopoly. And especially with well, like, COVID. Yeah. Hey, you want to come over and social distance and just talk about nothing and be on our phones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it is, man. Like, you just want to get together and... Like, we've started collecting these board games that, like, seriously, I know I was, like, I don't know, I was a pretty prideful punk kid in uh, high school, but, like, I would have made fun of anyone who owned this many board games. Uh, like, it for me, it's just funny to see the transition that, like, as, as a teenager, it was all about, like, what are we doing? If I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. And now it's, like, what are we doing? Can we please do something? Anything, please, please, please. <laughs> yes. Let's get together. And whatever it is, let's do that. Well, enough about board games. This is a podcast about the Sonics, not board games. Is that, is that what this is? I think so. I think that's why we started this thing, right? Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. But welcome back to another episode of We Want Our Sonics Back. My name is Danny, and this time I'm doing the intro. Look at you. You're professional, dude. Are you wearing a tie right now? Uh, no. I oh. never wear ties. Okay. Well, fine. Uh, but nevertheless, that's that's pretty stinking professional. Look at you, man. I know. Uh, my name is Dean. I guess I could show. <laughs> I could say that. So what? So what do we got on the docket today? We're gonna. I thought we're gonna kind of jump around here a little bit. Okay. Because um, as you heard this last week, um, obviously we talked about the NBA coming back last week and yes. the bubble sites in Orlando. Mm -hmm. So I thought today we could possibly jump into some of the storylines that were just coming alive in the NBA before the shutdown happened. Um, I thought we could possibly get into... Some of the 45, what was it, 45-player conference call that happened, I believe, yeah, Friday like night that. with the NBA. And then we could jump into something. This is what I'm excited to jump into is how Clyde Drexler 
was almost a Sonic in 95. Ooh, that's what we call in the biz a tease. Look at you. So you are definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. All right, man. Yeah, last week was a lot of fun talking about the NBA coming back and it looking like this thing is for sure going to happen. This week, it's been a little different. Yeah, it has. Um, We heard some players, um, mainly Kyrie Irving. (laughs) Yeah. That was being very questionable to the NBA about um, whether or not basketball coming back is the right thing in the midst of all that's going on right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, we talked about it last time about why we both thought the NBA coming back is important, Uh, you know, for unity, uh, for just having some entertainment to just kind of bond us all together, but also to, to give a voice to some of the issues that have been, I mean, just raised and raised and raised over the last couple of weeks um, and uh, needing to be addressed uh, that, you know, everyone's going to be watching this thing if and when the NBA comes back. Uh, everyone's going to be glued to the TV. And so all these players are going to have opportunities uh, to get their message across. Um, but that's not the way Kyrie and a few players were thinking about it. Dwight Howard came out with a statement, uh, I think through CNN, like his agent gave it to CNN, um, where he started talking about how he agreed with Kyrie. Uh, and this here's two quotes. Now, I'd, I'd encourage our listeners to go and read the full thing. Uh, we're not going to get into all the details of it. If you're interested in that, uh, you can go back to our last episode. Or like we've said before, there are plenty of podcasts that are talking about Black Lives Matter and, and important social issues that are going on right now. Um, but these these are some of the quotes that Dwight Howard gave through his agent. Uh, he said, uh, I agree with Kyrie, basketball or entertainment period isn't needed at this moment and will only be a distraction. Now, he, he talks quite a bit about some of the issues going on. I'll just skip right back to the end with his conclusion. He says, no basketball till we get things resolved. Now, I've got, I've got some feelings about that, Dan. Um, wh- what, what jumps to you out of that? To me, that sounds like Dwight Howard is threatening to sit out. Yeah. It makes you then wonder if there's going to be more players sitting out. Yeah. I don't think he's just speaking for himself. Uh, I think he's trying to shut this thing down. Uh, that he doesn't think that the NBA should be moving forward at all. And it's not just that he won't play, but he doesn't want anyone to play. Like, I mean, that last sentence that he puts in here, no basketball until we get things resolved. Um, to me, that's that's basically saying I'm not going to play, and I don't think anyone should be playing until we get everything that's been happening resolved. Unless he's meaning this specific latest occurrence of – racism that's been happening then i can understand that uh but from the grand scope of the statement it kind of seems like he's talking about the more like the the bigger picture and i don't think that that's going to be resolved anytime soon no because this has been going on for years now i i don't understand the logic of that part of no basketball till we get things resolved 
um, because it's not going to be resolved anytime soon. Unless, again, maybe maybe he was meaning this latest instance that we've seen in Minneapolis. If it's that, I understand. And there, there's a good point to that. But if he's talking about the bigger idea here of just racism, I don't think that's going to be resolved next season or the season after that, you know? Uh, no, this is going to be something that's you. going to take decades to, to really correct. And we've come a long ways in the last, what is it, six, six decades now of uh, civil rights movement and everything. Like We've come a long ways, but we've got a long ways to go. And I do applaud Dwight Howard for wanting that change uh, and using his platform to speak up for that change. But it doesn't look like Dwight Howard wants to play. Um, and, and so I guess that leads us to what do you think about the possibility that some of these teams, and I mean, specifically, I mean, Dwight Howard even says it. He says, I would love nothing more than to win my very first NBA championship, but the unity of my people would be an even better championship. Uh, so Dwight Howard is admitting, you know, I'm on a contender here. And I would love to win a championship, but it looks like he wants to sit out anyways. And again, that's like his prerogative, of course. But Danny, what do you think about some some of these playoff teams looking a little different if the NBA does come back and we have players like Dwight Howard on a contending team uh, that are choosing to sit out? Yeah, I think that right now, I mean, no one has specifically said if I'm not mistaken, that they will sit out. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, they're not going to play. So, I think until we hear that, you know, I sit here, and if we're talking about just specifically in the scope of, you know, basketball coming back, I really am not worried about them deciding to cancel the season. Mm-hmm. But because a lot of these players have not, you haven't heard a player come out and say, well, I'm going to sit out. So I think that until we really get like, you know, if possibly LeBron comes out, Giannis, Kawhi, and stars, a lot of NBA stars come out and say, you know, hey, we're going to sit out. Who aren't injured. Yeah, I guess, right. I guess we should put that in there. Who aren't injured. Right. I think in a way it might possibly force the NBA's hand. Yeah, it might be, you know, looking at it from a different angle, it might be a really good leveraging tool uh, to be like, we're not playing until we see change because a lot of people do want to see the NBA come back. So I, I can understand it from that perspective. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think that the better opportunity is being able to use that platform that you're going to have with the whole world watching uh, to be able to speak for change. But I think what what this story and uh, a couple others have kind of shown me is that when the NBA comes back, it's not going to be 100% what we saw at the end of the season or before the season got, you know, thrown into its hiatus period. Uh, there are going to be some big changes. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to look uh, different as far as, you know, especially... Obviously, we know there's not going to be any fans there. Yeah. We well, know What do you that... think? Just just real quick. Sorry to interrupt you there. 
but I just it popped into my mind and I kind of mentioned it briefly on the last episode, I think. Uh, but the NBA 2K sounds, there's like a rumor that they're going to be using the NBA 2K sounds of like the crowd at this uh, at the complex there in Orlando. What do you think about that during the games? Um, you know, I'm not too sure about that. Like, are they still going to have the we want tacos chance you hear in NBA 2K? <laughs> are they going to pump that into there as well? I hope so, man. That'd be great. <laughs> I think that would be – honestly, I've heard a lot of differing opinions. I think it would be cool because it, it kind of makes it seem more like there's yeah. fans there, but there's not. But I feel like it'd just be awkward. But also, I think it would be pretty cool, though, man, to hear, you know, over, you know, what the players are saying, you know, possibly hear what some of the coaches are saying. I yeah, think, man. I think they, that could actually be really cool, you know. Yeah. But that's it, like, just me. It's, it's kind of like a mic'd up segment the whole game, though. Yeah, it'll it'll be weird. It'll be a little off-putting the first couple times. It's like, here's what I think. You know when you're watching March Madness and, like, you're at, like, the big gyms and, like, you know, the stadiums and everything, and you're watching, like, Duke play, and then, like, you flip the channel, and they're at, like, some little podunk gym, and the lighting is all bad, (laughs) And, and, like, it's still, like, high competitive play because it's the NCAA tournament, but it just, like feels like lower production value <laughs> that's right. kind of how i feel like it's going to be when the nba comes back right as long as it doesn't look like the horse competition they tried to do a few months oh back. man oh <laughs> you know i was excited for that and then it's just oh what a what a waste <laughs> i tried my best to watch but i was just like i really appreciate it it's a good try but i just can't get into this yeah yeah, but there it's gonna look so different and feel so different. But I'm, I, you know, obviously I want it back to, you know, see it. But I want to, I want to hear what the players are talking about. I want to hear where the coaches actually coach. Uh, although I guess we should talk about this. Uh, there's uh, some rumors that some of the coaches might not even be allowed to come. Let me just say this real quick. That is the most messed up thing I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, I think that it's just really messed up. Yeah, the the idea of it is like it's sixty five or older, right? That are more at risk for COVID nineteen, and uh, yeah. so there are some coaches like Alvin Gentry, Mike D'Antoni, Pop, um, uh, Carlisle, some some other coaches like that uh, who are older than sixty five, and there's some rumors that they might not be allowed to come and coach their teams. I think that is pretty bad because that is basically saying, you know, oh, because you're this age, oh, you can't coach, you know? Yeah, it's a little ageist, That's to be putting honest. them in their own little bubble, you know? Like, mm-hmm. hey, stay home and watch TV, you know? These are the coaches that are paid the big bucks to literally coach their teams to win NBA championships, and now you're telling them they can't possibly coach? Yeah, it's just disrespectful. Because, I mean, like, you look at these guys, and it's not like they're random dudes who just got into the NBA. These are, like, 
the the legends of coaching right now. Now, right. I'll take Mike D'Antoni out of it because I think he's a terrible coach. But those other coaches, they're like legends, and you're telling them, right. no, you don't get to come. Right. Popovich has won five NBA championships. Yeah. You want him leading that team. Now, Pop might want to stay home because LaMarcus Aldridge has opted to have surgery. So, like, I'm sorry, DeMar DeRozan, but I don't think they got a chance. Uh, no, they really didn't have a chance even with LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> right? They're, they're like the Vegas odds just went down like crazy. Uh, but regardless, he should still be allowed to take that risk upon himself. You know, if he wants to go and be a part of what is going on there in Orlando – then he should not be barred from it. You know, that's his own risk that he would take, just like all the players are taking their own risks. Right. So I hope that the NBA doesn't, you know, just shut it down and have like an age limit and all of that. Uh, But regardless, you know, it's going to look different. It's going to feel a little different. Um, You know, like this last week with all the stuff we've talked about, you know, players being – really nervous both for the ethics with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, but also, you know, of just like the nervousness of going into the bubble and having to live life in the bubble. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking that the NBA is coming back, but there is a growing likelihood that it might not, which is kind of scary because I want it to come back so bad, but also uh, even if it does come back, it's going to look drastically different, which is also like a little unnerving. Right. It'll still, in a way, kind of feel the same because, you know, we're, hey, we're getting basketball back. We're getting to see LeBron play, Giannis. We're getting to see the Stars play again. Yeah. And possibly get an NBA championship. For sure. And, like, it'll still feel a lot of the same, too, because we still have the. You know, it's it's basically just finishing the season, right? So, right. like, it's it's like, you know, a TV season that has that long hiatus and they come back and finish things off. So there's storylines that were left hanging there back in March when everything got canceled uh, that are still needing to, you know, we want to see how that ends. Um, there was a great article that Sam Quinn of CBS Sports put out. He's written a lot of great stuff lately. One of which was, uh, you know, looking at the NBA storylines that were left hanging back in March and need to be completed and, uh, you know, kind of reminding everyone what was going on. Um, And so there were three things that kind of popped out to us. Uh, One that popped out to me was the Lakers and the Clippers and their kind of roster war. Uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten about that. That it was basically like, I think Sam Quinn, the way he put it, was an arms race. Yes. Um, to get these, you know, like Marcus Morris from the Knicks. Uh, both the Lakers and the Clippers wanted him. Uh, the Clippers ended up getting him. So the Lakers went out and got his twin brother, Marquise, <laughs> and uh, brought him in. And then they were both going after Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson signs with the Clippers. Um, the Lakers got Avery Bradley, Jared Dudley, former Clippers, uh, Lakers last season traded away, uh, Zubak, um, to the Clippers. There's been a lot of back and forth between these teams as far as like what's going on with, uh, the GM and how they're managing the rosters. So 
that'll be interesting to see how that comes to a head and uh, maybe, you know, what were those decisions that might have made a difference with whoever comes out on top or, uh, you know, most likely as far as the West is concerned, if everything goes the way that people think so, that it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western finals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, was Reggie Jackson the the guy that, you know, changed things or was Jared Dudley that that one sign that that made a difference when it came down to it uh, with the, the matchup there? That'll be cool to see. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it will be because we we didn't get to see much of the Lakers with Dion Waiters. Yeah, much that's true. of the Lakers. They didn't we didn't really get to see, you know these different lineup combinations. So I definitely think that it's going to be interesting to see how Frank Vogel and Doc Rivers manage those matchups. Yeah, it'll be interesting just to see how that plays out. And, you know, maybe maybe none of these, you know, signings will make a difference. Uh, but we'll, we'll be able to find that out. That's pretty cool. Uh, another one that, that you were actually uh, pretty excited about was uh, the idea about these dominant starting fives with the bubble teams. Uh, yeah, and I think because, as a lot of people know, Zion was just coming back and was, you know, just putting his footprints on the NBA, to say. Yeah. So then you have um, the possible dominant lineup, and I'll just read um a little portion from the article that Sam Quinn wrote. He said the group of Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, and Derek Favors has blitzed opponents by 26.3 points per 100 possessions. How crazy is that? That's insane, man. To anyone who's into analytics, that's... That's a pretty amazing stat right there. And even to someone who isn't, you know, I don't really buy into analytics. I don't really like analytics, but that's a story for another time. But, I mean, it's certainly a good storyline coming into the season. Well, the continued season of can the Pelicans keep that up, you know? Or even like the Phoenix Suns with getting DeAndre Ayton back. Right. Uh, he mentioned the Thunder in here, but we don't like the Thunder, so who gives yeah, a let's, crap let's about move on. that? Let's move on about that. Yep, yep, yep. Just move right on over that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll be able to see all that come to fruition and see, you know, maybe you can win in the playoffs without a bench if you have that dominant of a starting five. We'll see. Right. It's definitely going to keep a lot of people glued to the TV because everyone wants to know what can Zion do or what not what can he do. We know what he can do, but you never know what he's going to do. Yeah. Another one that he pointed out was with the Rockets, and we talked about it uh, last week with, you know, this idea about playing small ball and trying to be more efficient with shooting rather than uh, rebounding. uh, Because if you make the basket, uh, apparently you don't need to rebound, right? Uh, Um, Yeah. But he talked about Russell Westbrook and how he's averaging uh, 31 points a game, but he's doing it 
with a 52.5% shooting from the field and 35.5% from behind the arc after they sent uh, Clint Capella away. Uh, So he's way more efficient now that, you know, there's not a big man down there. To me, that's super interesting because uh, that's, that's one of the things I talked about last week. I'm a little scared of because Mike D'Antoni's had a long time of being able to think about this small ball lineup and even to think about the West and look at these specific teams. It probably has different strategies for each team and everything. Uh, but that idea of Russell Westbrook, I mean, I watched, uh, I forget what game it was. Maybe it was against the Lakers where Russell Westbrook just went down to the post and he basically bullied people. Like he bullied everyone not named Anthony Davis. <laughs> and, and so he was way more efficient because he was getting closer. You know, he wasn't shooting the threes. Although, you know, he, he's shooting higher percentage from behind the arc. But he's being able to drive down low because there's not a big guy who's taking his defender and getting in the way. Right. And there's more spacing on the court mm-hmm. because everyone out there can shoot threes. Yeah. So the whole thing that they want to do is space the floor. And I guess that kind of creates room for Russell Westbrook and James Harden to do what they want to do best isolation basketball yeah pretty much um so that that to me will be interesting just to see how it ends up uh talking about the rockets uh let's let's go back in time a little bit you know we are we want our sonics back and uh george carl uh had a podcast where he had uh was his name bob witsit yes that is his name former gm of the sonics yeah, he had him on uh, his podcast, and they were talking about, you know, just different things with the Sonics and everything. And then they got into the story, which was kind of shocking. Uh, this idea about how in 1995, they were very close to trading Clyde Drexler from the Portland Trailblazers to Kendall Gill uh, of the Sonics. Yes, I saw that too, and I was like, whoa, that would have been something else. Right? When when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness, that could have changed everything. That could have changed everything for the entire NBA had that happened. Because we all know what happened in 1995, the year that, you know, he goes down to Houston and wins a championship with Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh So that wouldn't have happened. And then you look around, who would have won that championship in 1995? Right. Uh, I think it would be the Sonics. Right. And I just want to read here a quick tweet from uh, George Carl. It said, love the feedback from Sonics fans about our convo with Bob Whitsitt. A lot of surprise about the failed Kendall Gill for Clyde Drexler deal. I wanted it. Wally talked himself out of it. Clyde glows... Clyde goes to Houston and wins the title. Think we would have won it with Clyde in 95? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I would say yeah. I mean, because then there's a snowball effect to that, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Clyde Drexler stays with the Sonics. Obviously, Sonics were in the finals in 96. What would have Clyde Drexler, Gary Payton, and Sean Kemp? 
done to a Bulls team, you know? Right. You get into that too. Like, I think we would have had at least one more championship. I think 95 would have been for sure. Uh, because we lost to the Lakers, right? In 95? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I think we would have been able to get past them pretty easily with Clyde. Uh, and then when you look after that, Houston Rockets wouldn't have been a thing. I think it would have been an easy championship in 95 for the Sonics. Yeah, I do too, and, man. And then like you're talking about, like the domino effect, then you have uh, a returning champion in 96 of the Sonics with players who have been through the finals that don't have the nerves necessarily uh, that the 96 team in real life actually experienced. And then, like, even just points-wise, I mean, Kendall Gill averaged 14 points a game, while Clyde Drexler averaged between 95 and 96 20 points a game. You know, that's a big difference. Right. And one of the bigger things that if you watch The Lost Dance, you would know that George Carl did not want to put Gary Payton on Michael Jordan because, you know, he didn't want to wear Gary Payton out. Yeah. But then you also, because Gary Payton, he needed him to score. But also, yep. let's just say you put Clyde Drexler on that team. You know, would that have changed George Carl's mind to put Gary Payton on Michael Jordan all six games starting mm-hmm. at game one? Because you had another scorer in Clyde Drexler. What a good point, Danny. I, I think for sure that would have changed things. And then even when you look at, like, Michael Jordan versus Clyde Drexler. Now, Jordan, you know, he said what he said in the last dance, and, and we know how it ended up when he went against him in Portland. Uh, at the same time, he always elevated his game just a little bit when he was playing against Michael Jordan. Uh, he averaged almost 24 points a game against him, um, and so that's up from 20. Uh, so I think that, yeah, he would have taken a lot of, like, the burden of scoring away from Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. And they would have been able to be, both of them, a little bit more free to uh, put more effort in on defense. Right. I just thought about that, and I just kind of really kind of took a step back and, you know, really thought about, you know, this really could have altered history, like, big Mm -hmm. time altered history had this trade gone down. And to my understanding, you know, and from reading into George Carl's tweet, it sounded like the only thing that prevented that from happening was the owner of the Sonics at the time, Wally Walker, not wanting that to happen because Bob wanted it to happen and George Carl wanted it to happen. Yeah, it would have been very different. And once again, it's management that was the problem. Like, and that's like the story of the Sonics, right? It's always right. been management. It's always been the GM. Yep. Not so much uh, general managers, but, you know, just front office people from Wally Walker to Howard Schultz, then to we don't need to mention his name. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think that had that happened, 95, I definitely think we would have been NBA champions. Uh, 96, I think we would have stood a way better chance against Jordan and his Bulls. And then in 97... Uh, I don't see us losing to the Rockets in 97 in the semifinals. So who knows what could have happened even that year. Right. I mean, it's 
Oh, it just makes me think, you know, what, you know, we talked about this earlier in other episodes, you know, what would have happened if we would have won another championship? Yeah. It just, oh, man, it just gets your heart turning, man. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> like, just thinking about it. it really like, is. the dominoes that would have fallen had, like, specifically in 95, I really do think that no one else would have uh, stood a chance. Uh, no, um, I agree with you. And and then 96, we would have had, you know, a good fight. In 97, we could have had a good fight, too. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that in 97 we could have beaten the Utah Jazz, but it definitely would have been a fight, uh, which at least would have gotten it to where the Sonics weren't in the same position as far as, you know, attendance and, uh, you know, just kind of general morale for the team. Uh, and who knows whether that would have made a difference for – you know, selling the team to Clay Bennett and all of that. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like I appreciate it because it's interesting to hear that from George Carl. And, like, I'm always interested when George Carl says anything about the Sonics because uh, he's awesome. Uh, but then it's also like, why do you got to do that to us, George? Why do you got to punch right. us like that in the gut? Uh, but we'd be interested to know what you think about that. Do you think that the Sonics would have won a championship? Maybe we'll... We'll do another uh, poll on our Twitter. Go to We Want Our Sonics uh, on Twitter, and we'll put a poll over there about whether you think the Sonics would have won uh, any of the championships, maybe in 95, 96, or 97. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll share the results of that poll on next week's episode. And while I'm talking about that, I guess I should share the results. Uh, we, we put up a poll this week about who everyone thought was going to win uh, the NBA championship it, should uh, the NBA return this season. Um, I was, I was a little surprised to be honest. I thought that there would be far more people who would have been talking about the bucks. Um, but it was a clear winner with the Lakers uh, with 55% of the vote uh, followed by the Clippers uh, and then other as a category. So maybe Houston Rockets or Boston or Philadelphia, I guess, maybe. Uh, and then last in last place was the Bucks with 9% of the vote. Uh, so it looks like, you know, people are thinking the Lakers, Dan. Uh, it looks like that, too. I mean, it's not a bad vote. I wouldn't tell you to go put money in Vegas on it. <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate uh, all our listeners interacting with us on Twitter about that. And like we said, go go onto our Twitter at we Want Our Sonics and Give us a follow, interact with us. We'd love to talk about, you know, what's happening in the NBA with you. Uh, we'd also appreciate it if you shared and uh, rated and reviewed this episode on whatever podcast player you're listening to. Uh, that goes a long ways as far as getting uh, this into the ears of other Sonic fans. And we definitely appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, we want our Sonics back. <laughs>